Ladies and gentlemen, you know, appreciate you joining us uh, today on the Phil Scott Audio Experience. Um, today we're going to talk about a topic that is going around right now with Donald Trump. Now, Donald Trump has been threatening that he was going to send federal troops uh, or agents into the cities. You know, you're looking at in Portland how uh, these federal agents is just kicking butt out there. They don't care who you are. They're shooting you with rubber bullets. Um, they're just targeting anybody they see. Um, we've seen a picture today of a uh, young lady that was actually just walking home and she had nothing to do with the protest and they shot her a rubber bullet. So they don't care. They just point weapons and shoot them, right? Even if it's rubber bullets. So with the guys in Chicago, we know Chicago is a different entity. So he wanted to reach out to uh, Brother Harvey. He's out in Chicago. He asked him some questions about this and what is his opinion on Trump sending agents out there. So Brother Harvey, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Uh, no problem. Glad to be here. All right, Brother Harvey, you know, for people that may not know who you are, we had a lot of new people that come in since the last time you was on. Can you tell people just a little bit about yourself and, and um, your, your channel? Well, um, as you said, I'm from Chicago area, born and raised. Um, I started doing these YouTube commentaries September of 2010. Um, what got me going was, I don't know if you guys remember, uh, Bethany Starro. If that name is not familiar, it was a um, white woman. At that time, she's what, 26, 27, said that a black woman attacked her. And the story was she threw some acid, some type of chemical in her face. And I knew the story sounded bogus because everything she described is like, it couldn't have happened. You know, if anybody's ever gotten water in the face or some liquid, you wear glasses, usually it protect your eyes. And when she was on TV, you could tell she had glasses on she rubbed it so i did so that sort of me started doing the videos because it was a lot of negative things being said about black women in the black community and i started getting these challenges from people outside the community so it sort of lit a fire under me and you know from that day forward i've been doing um youtube commentaries giving my opinions of politics race religion relationships media you name it and i've done commentaries about my hometown or the state I live in, I keep I kept telling people that the violence that you see a lot of it is exaggerated, a lot of it is created, and it's talked about for uh, political reasons and racial reasons. But I also said it's a his- history behind this. And now chickens are coming home to roost, and a lot of people that I know live outside Chicago is curious about what's going, what's really going on. And hopefully with this interview um, or commentary, I should say, I'll be able to shed some light on the best way I can. All right. So let's talk about, you know, let's go back a little bit about the history of Chicago a little bit. Now, Chicago has always been known to be a, you know, gangster mafia town, correct? At least at one point in time. Oh, still is. Still is. It's it's always been by Chicago and by before I was born, my parents, grandparents, you name it. It's just it's going to be violent after we live this plane, leave this plane in existence, in my opinion. So what keeps the crime going? I mean, because, you know, Chicago have had, you know, even black politicians. I mean, what, does everybody just dirty, corrupt, and crooked? Is that what, you know what, what you tell you, Chicago, well, state of Illinois has dirty politicians. They go in dirty or they become dirty or you have to give it the program. Um, now I'll give you an example. Rob Bogoyevich. You know how everybody made a big thing about Rob Bogoyevich? That he was going to sell a seat. He never sold a seat. He was doing what politicians do. But because he 
was friend with certain people within the community or was doing things that was going to benefit poor people. They said, we got to get him out of here because then Senator Obama, when he's running, made promises to him and Jesse Jackson Jr. that he didn't fulfill. And Begoya was just was, was ticked off. So he started calling around and stuff. And I'm like, if you guys can go after this guy for the political uh, corruption, you need to go all around the state. Because right now, the current Speaker of Illinois, he's under investigation for shaking down people and stuff. Um, you have former Mayor Rahm Emanuel, former Mayor Daly, all these people who have a history, even going back to Daly's father, uh, Daly Senior, it's just been corrupt, corrupt, corrupt. It's just who you cross. And it's profit from the black community being dysfunctional. And then unfortunately, that's some of our brothers and sisters that talk a good game. They again, they start seeing that green, that perceived power, and say the hell with the constituents. And then the thing is, we wait for somebody to save us. And I hate to break this to everybody, it's gonna be no more Dr. Kings and Malcolm X's and so forth. We have to be smart enough to understand what's in our best interest. We can't keep praying away, hopefully that people wake up and decide to stop hurting each other. No, we have to take action. And sometimes we gotta make sacrifices, tough sacrifices. Well, let me ask you a question. Speaking of politics, where, where does Lori Lightfoot uh, come from? I mean, she just kind of showed up or she's been known? She's been around. She, she was always there, but you never really saw her until the Roman Emanuel years. Uh, she's she's lived here for over 30 some years. So she is a Chicagoan. You know, she wasn't born here, but she's been here since college. So that's like back in the 80s. It's just that when Roman Emanuel got in office and started closing down schools, and the crime started to uptick. You start seeing her on the police uh, boards and all that stuff. Now, I, I had to let everybody know, I don't live within the city anymore. I live in the Chicago suburbs. So that's a night and day. But watching her from the outside, she's trying to do the best she can. And the thing is, is that she got a lot of people against her because they want to keep Chicago out of the hands of black Chicagoans. Because she, when she speaks to certain issues, She's speaking towards the west side and south side that's been neglected the last 30 something years. All right, so you're saying that basically a lot of people in Chicago don't like Lori Lightfoot? Because I've seen her well, like. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Well, they don't like her. They th- How can I say this? They thought because she was lesbian, and I, and I'm not, and I don't want to um, judge all gay people, but let's be honest. When you have black gays, they tend to gravitate toward white gays or white people more so. They sort of give them cover or back them up. They thought they had one with her. But when she won, and the, the, the night that she won, she gave a speech and she mentioned Harold Washington. I said, oh, nobody usually mentioned Harold Washington in politics too much anymore. When she did that, she let black Chicago and white Chicago and gay Chicago know where she was at politically. And since she's been in office, they've been holding up to a different standard. Um, the Hispanic community don't respect her. The gay community want her to do things. You know, like when Obama was off, the gay community said, if you don't do this, we're going to do that. The gay community's tried not to be as loud with it. But if you watch the news and see some of the interviews, they give her a hard time. Like last night, they went to her house with her wife and daughter. And they was protesting. I mean, they was deep. They was, I mean, they could, if they wanted to go bomb rush house, they could have done it. But they didn't do that to uh, uh, Robin Manuel or Richard Daly. They didn't do that to them. And those are cats that shut down 50-some schools or the reason why our neighbors um, disrepair. 
yeah, I saw the videos of people in front of the house. And then what she ended up doing was, um, we actually, I just finished a report on it. She removed those Columbus statues that they wanted. Mm-hmm. And what happened is, see, a lot of people don't understand for years, people have been trying to get them statues removed. But what happened was these groups, these, these egregious groups, and I had to use that term, kid behind Black Lives Matter. And what they did was they said, yo, we fighting the same battle. Go out there and march. And like idiots, these black boys and girls who mean well was, was down there um, in Grant Park and in Little Italy out there with the cops. They throwing water bottles and stuff. And they should, they should know that the media is not going to show those white faces like that. They're going to show our faces. And so what happened was the mayor knew that they was going to keep protesting. So you got people for and you got people against. And she said, let's just take these statues down from now and wait till later date and see what you're going to do. I don't think they're going to put them back up anytime soon. You know, but then again, I, you never know. It depends on how much pressure they put on her. But they've been trying to get the statue down for years. They're just using this Black Lives Matter, this moment in history to hide behind and get them down. Well, what's up with the Italians, man? Because I saw they, they, the Italians from Little Italy was coming out there uh, trying to stand guard and talking about they're not going to take the statues down. What is up with them? Because uh, Christopher Columbus wasn't an Italian. He came from Spain. Yeah, he was Spanish. Yeah, he was Spanish. But see, how can I say this? And you might remember my videos, I kept telling people everybody's mixed up about who they truly are. People who claim whiteness have been given the gift of whiteness. I don't know if you remember some years ago, you had a gentleman on that was trying to, was Italian, came and he's Italian. And I said, you guys just became white. They, and you had to understand, a lot of people don't talk about this anymore. Italians was considered in the same category as black, how they, they origins and whatnot. So he was reaching, they was reaching for something to hold on to. And they thought what make them more American is latching on to Christopher Columbus. And then they, for years they would say, well, he's Italian, he's this and that, but I'll tell you, they don't know history, he's a Spaniard. And so what happened was they, when we had the Italian, uh, the Christopher Columbus parade, a lot of Italians are there that represent him. And then a lot of people don't want to talk about the, there's a racial history here with the Polish and Italians back in the day and the Irish. And they were just as rough with us as the uh, Irish and the Polish people. And a lot of the crap that we've gotten has been from those surrounding communities. You know, in Little Italy or parts of the South Side that were heavy Italian. And now they figure they're more American than us. They got more of a say because of city politics, uh, contracts with the city and state, you know, they influence in America. So that's what a lot of that come from, a lot of racial history there. All right, so now, when it comes to the Italians and Lori Lightfoot, how how they respond to all to her? Do they they treat her uh, bad too? They treat her. They treat her um, in front of the camera. Depending on who you talk to, they pretend like they like and they respect her. They, if you get a, a depending on who you talk to, they can't stand her. They 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 nothing. The Hispanic community, the gay community, the Italian, they don't, the Jewish community, they can't stand her. Because, as I said previously, she wants to get economic development and get the stuff under control on the west and south side. Because everybody knows what's going on. If, you, if you're from Chicago, you know how the guns are coming to the community. You know who's benefiting from it. You know who always benefited from it. See, they love Roman Manning because he, he looked the other way. He said one thing, he did the other thing. I mean, look, the man tried to cover up Laquan McDonald's murder. You know, I don't, that's Rodney's Rodney B. You know, 
and he had Mary Daly, who was the son, the son of Richard Daly. You know, they called him the boss man. He was he knew how to rub you good on the front, kick you in the rear, and they were slowly sending business out, uh, pushing people out of neighborhoods, overtaxing people. So here she come in, a short black woman who's supposed to be the opposite of the stereotype of the modern day black woman. And she's coming in saying, we need to put casinos, and we get another casino, put it on the west side or the south side. And you got people that, oh, no, no, nobody wanna go on the west side or south side, but you gentrify parts of the west and south side. So why now, when you get people that live in the neighborhood who benefit from these jobs and who benefit from these new construction projects, sit and want it, now all of a sudden you got problems with it. And the thing is, I hate to say it, I think she'll be a one-term mayor. Do you think um, don't the gentrification part? Do you think that they really targeting the West Side? Well, basically the black areas. Do you oh, really think I, they I, they targeting that to get to get kick all the blacks out? Oh yeah. See, I'm originally from the West Side of Chicago, and um, and I don't want to be long winded. Doctor King, we came to Chicago. He lived on the West Side. He lived not that far from where my parents grew up at. And it's certain parts of that west side that people of a certain age, they still try to hold on to their property. They cut the grass, they do a little money to get it, try to make sure, you know, the buildings are tight. You know, they they, they select who they they rent out uh, uh, the uh, buildings and homes to. Because it's sitting too close to United Center where Oprah Studios is at. If Michael Jordan and Oprah wasn't who they were, I highly doubt their city would have came in in the 90s and to, and to now to do the gentrification because they used to call part of Madison Scare Row. Matter of fact, she, the Black Panthers original headquarters was no longer there. It was just right down the street from where the United Center sit. And McDonald's, that used to be in Oak Brook, Illinois, came back to Chicago and bought us the, the, the uh, property that Oprah Studios was on, tore it down, and put their new headquarters. And then you got the Black Hawks made a deal with Rahm Emanuel to tear down Malcolm X College and put their training center in the front ran across the street from the medical district and put the new Malcolm X College behind it. And it's a lot smaller than the original. And that meant, I don't know if you've been re- researching the Cook County, um, where ER was based off of, they've turned the old Cook County building into a hotel. It's, so that area is being gentrified heavily. If you're not from Chicago, you won't understand it. But if you're from Chicago and know how that side of town was and what was there, it's, it's, it's painful to see because a lot of our people are misinformed because it's not the um, the, the, the mortgage that's next they're going to get you, it's the property taxes. If they raise the property taxes, you can't stay. And if you try to stay, somebody come in and lowball you for your property or it mysteriously catch on fire. Because I had friends I went to school with that lived in the area. Uh, grandparents owned the building or close to owning it. And they would come in and make them an offer and they refuse. All of a sudden, they either condemn it or mysteriously it catches on fire. Wow. <laughs> Man, that's that's some dirt, right? That's why I didn't want to do this show without talking to somebody from Chicago when I because I have the certain questions. So it's dirty from the administration side, it's dirty from the from the cops. It's just all the way dirty. Now the yeah. Chicago police, you know, we we have you know done many stories in the past. There's recently a, a um Radio transmission came out where the mm-hmm. cops were like, "Oh, they gang bangers. Let them let them shoot each other. Who mm-hmm. cares? We're not going over there." Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I, as I can say, you know, I have family that's with, with the, the police department and whatnot, um, and the federal, you know, government and whatnot. And like I said, I was in the military. We know what they're doing. The problem is in our community, we too divided to agree on how to deal with it. 
Chicago police have always been dirty. I'm not saying all police officers in Chicago are dirty, but that's a group that, you know, when you hear about murders and stuff in the community, be like, yeah, that's police did that. You know, we know the media is going to say it's gang related, but no, we know we know just between a gang shooting and a Chicago police shooting. You here it is um, when uh, 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 what do you call it? A so-called terrorist attack happened within minutes. We know who the terrorist, the so-called shooter is. We know their background. We know everything. You mean to tell me you can believe that a bunch of 16, 17 years can do all this and nobody knows who they are? Especially with Big Brother Watch, especially with cell phone. Everybody got a cell phone and these, and these cell phone signals are bouncing off these towers. They're all on social media. They know who's doing it. They don't care. Well, let, let me let me let me uh, uh, touch on that. So, let's talk about and 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 you tell me if I'm being a conspiracy theorist. So, I had done a video maybe about two years ago, mm-hmm. and I talked about how I noticed a pattern that always on holiday weekends, the shootings are just through the roof. Mm-hmm. And I said, listen, I know the black community; the block is never that hot. If somebody got beef with you. They got beef with you no matter what day of the week. They're not going to wait till July 4th mm-hmm. or whatever week, Labor Day weekend to get at you, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I said in the video, I showed that these, they had these masks and these uh, arm, prosthetic arms that look black, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, these white supremacists, two years ago, are going into the black community in Chicago and doing all these drive-by shootings. And um, they they saying they're black, but they're not. They're white supremacists. And I showed a clip about a white man robbing a bank with a with a one of the mask on. It mm-hmm. happened more than once. Um, and boy, the white supremacists on that. Oh boy, they was just oh they fell apart when I said that. And but you know what? Um, then I posted a, a, a picture of a gun that was recently found by Chicago police that that had a, a Donald Trump inscription on it. I talked to somebody I know that that buy a gun. He said, "Yeah, you can buy that gun that uh." Bud's uh, gun shop online, mm-hmm. a Trump gun. He said it was between seven hundred to a thousand dollars. What I was mm-hmm. told. So, you know, good and well, uh, Pookie and Ray Ray on the street is not going to buy no Trump gun. No. Well, let me say this: we do have uh, element in our community that no earthly good. I mean, we, we can't deny that. Oh, I agree with that. Like you said, and I've said this, and many of us in the community say, unfortunately. We don't get to, our voices be heard because if you notice, the media don't put the cameras in our faces anymore. They put it in the people who don't know how to speak well or don't don't understand it being manipulated image wise. But the thing is that I agree with you because as I just said, you have people coming into our community doing, disrupting. Because like I said, we know who's doing what. There, I remember, and I tell you a story. Uh, it's been about 30 years now. My dad and my brother went to the track. There's no, they just tore down. And we had to drive past this forest preserve. And during a hard, you know, the day of the winter, you see snow. And you know, snow gives off a reflection. You can, it's light. Whatever little light you can see, it, it, it's like lighting up, it light up everything. I saw actual Ku Klux Klan in a guard. And I'm like, wait a minute. If I see this, I know the police that's patrolling the area that see it, but they don't care. A lot of these white supremacist groups open, operate out in the open. And with the mask thing, I've seen it too. And there's big incidents in Illinois where white men and women have gotten caught wearing them lifelike masks, those rubber masks that you're talking about have committed crimes. And also you have people, melanated people, 
who have been Indian or Puerto Rican or Dominican who have committed crimes and they just say black. And and and, and nobody never challenge anything because they just assume it's a black thing. Just say the black community is the most violent. You got gangs everywhere. Um, during the weekend, they say those shoots, 60 some shootings, that's exaggeration. You have domestic uh, issues, you have accidental shootings, you have suicides, and you have hate, hate groups or you have gangs that go around shooting black people for sport. They don't talk about that, but in Chicago, we know that a certain Hispanic gangs that go around the black community because we give them a wide berth, they shoot us, and then they say, oh, it's a gang related issue. Most dudes are trying to on the corner try to sell that sell sell that weed to try to get that money real quick, you know. And you saw that video of the day. Everybody runs when they start hitting shooting. They run. Everybody ain't shooting back and forth like that. But the media have you think otherwise. And these hate groups out here, they go in the forest reserve. They be training on the weekend. I call weekend warriors. And then you got a lot of people in the military that come out of the military that say we're gonna go in and go take our country back. We're gonna go in here, we're gonna kick these black folk. And so the, the police officers know about it. Those of us who live in the real world know about it. It's just the thing is, nobody wanna listen to us because they consider us conspiracy theorists. And I say it's a difference between being a conspiracy theorist and being a conspiracy nut. There's nothing wrong with being a conspiracy theorist because usually our conspiracy theories to, tend to pan out. Well, let me ask you, speaking about the gangs, um... A while back, they was talking about not too long ago. They had some Mexican gangs. Uh, was it Cicero? They was talking about mm-hmm. and black people couldn't go through there. They were pulling them out of their cars and beating oh, them yeah. and all that. Oh yeah. Okay. Now, Could you stop that? Yeah. Well, Cicero obviously had a, a racial history. When whites was in there, when King came to Chicago and Jesse Jackson was supposed to march, and even before that, there was a black family. Um, that lived in and and I won't go too deep into that, but it's always had a racial history with black folk. And the thing is, they didn't want blacks to move in, but about 1988, 89, the factory started to shut down and they tore down the old Western Electric building. And so people were losing their homes or losing, they had to get out. So they sold to Hispanics. And slowly but surely over the last 30 years, Cicero has become more Hispanic. You may have a handful of blacks in there, and there's a handful. But those Mexicans do not want you to be in there. A lot of them are illegal as well. And what happened was when these so-called riots was happening, they felt there was a, there was an opportunity to go after the blacks in the neighborhood because they're sitting right next to the west side, the Harvard West Side, where my parents grew up in. And they gentrifying it, but they want the Mexicans to come over in that area. See, it's it's a, it's, a, it's not just the white folk trying to get in Chicago. But they rather have the Mexicans in there because they figure we can work with the Mexicans better than we can do work with the blacks. And so anybody that's going down Cermak Road or going into to Cicero or Berwyn, you black around that time, they either shot you or beat you dead or stabbed you. Now, there was some brothers and sisters that was doing some dirt, but it was a lot of them wasn't. And they was pulling people. I mean, they was pulling people. And, and people in Chicago act like it was nothing. They had you thinking that black folks out here going crazy. But they, they barely talked about that. And a lot of people in Chicago, black Chicago, like, wait a minute, y'all see who these so-called allies are. Yet they were shooting and beating our people. And it was on social media saying, we don't want no niggas in our neighborhood. I'm like, what more can, do you have to see to understand that we have no friends? Yeah, definitely when it's come to power, I say politically, anything come to resources, we have no friends. 
Yeah. I mean, nobody, nobody's gonna gonna cut their throat and share anything with but black folk. Mm-hmm. I did see this video though uh, that them brothers showed up. I think they were saying the GD showed up and they went bust on them. Yeah. I seen that video. Because them dudes, they can see some of them cats are old school over there still hanging on the west side. They're like, you really want to mess with us? Okay, we can go to war with you. Right now, and see this, and then to some in, in Chicago who are Mexican or Puerto Rican, they realize they don't need to make the entire black community the enemy because you already got a president in his administration that want to send you out. So you need to put play. You had to you had to pick your battles. You know, you had to. You don't want the whole West Side Chicago. But like, wait a minute, because like I said, they slowly gentrifying the area. And it's not just white folk. A lot of Hispanic businesses coming up in there that 20, 30 years ago would have never been up in there. And the thing is, they're using our pain and misery to piggyback us. That's why all of a sudden, I'm suspicious of all these people all of a sudden, you know, in January and February, was denying Black Lives Matter our issues. Now all of a sudden, you buddy-buddy with us. That just It just seems suspicious and opportunistic to me. Well, let me tell you about that. Most of these people in these other groups are cowards. Okay, the cowards, and and so they have grievances against the government. Like they, I know they pissed off about Corona. Mm-hmm. They mad they lost their jobs. They probably mad they lost their grandpa or, or, or mama or somebody, right? And you, it, George Floyd thing just happened. Really made it a perfect storm. Mm-hmm. So these groups are going in the George Floyd protest, right, or Black Lives Matter protest, mm-hmm. and taking out their grievances and being violent against the government. But instead of them starting their own movement and doing it themselves, no, they'd rather go and need the cover of Black Lives Matter because they're cowards, right? Because mm-hmm. all these people that's out there, they're they not out there for George Floyd. They're not out there for, for Black uh, liberation um, or freedom because these same people don't champion reparations. That's why I tell them. I said, ask them out there that they believe Black people should get paid reparations. Why you ain't screaming that? Mm-hmm. Well, you know what I, I'm saying? I've been saying for years the opportunistic. This is why video people get mad when I call out and say they're not white. The reason why I said they're not white, I said at one time they was a part of our group. And in the six in the fifties and sixties, they decided the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So they they probably eggs into the basketball white folk. And you know, in the eighties and nineties, white folks were cool with the Mexicans moving in the area as long as you and I wasn't moving in the neighborhood. They was cool with them getting the construction job as long as you and I was door police officers so forth. But when they realized, when they sat at the table, and they're looking at their daughter or their son, they're looking at who they marry, who they dating, and then the little grandkids, they, they got that brown skin, and they talking to one you don't understand, like, oh, what did we do? And then coming over and getting getting hired, you know, not, not because they work hard, because they work cheaper. And we got to stop this black people pushing that narrative that they work harder than us. That's not true. And then the thing is, a lot of them vote Democrat because we go out there and we lead the charge. We on the front line. Then we they get things changed. They become Republicans all of a sudden. You know what I mean? See, we ain't we we haven't got hit the game yet. We want to save everybody. We want to be friends with everybody. Yeah, and my thing is Trump, right? Mm-hmm. Trump is not for nobody but his people. Exactly. At the end of the day. Rich so people. When, he's when he's sending federal troops, talking about sending Chicago, mm-hmm. you think he's just gonna send them on black people? Nope. That's what they see. That's what everybody think he's gonna do. He gonna hit the. He, he gonna. And let me tell y'all something. He's gonna do. They, you got members of ICE, members of special forces, police officers. You know, in various cities, 
members of the FBI and CIA. That's why they got them in military-style uniform with no name, no description. So they go in. They ain't going to just hit our community. They're going to go in there. They're going to go in and do these raids. They're going to go in. You, then you're going to see more shootings. They're going to try to throw up off on the gangs. And we're going to believe it. And the thing is, I was watching the news when Trump had some of the, the people who have been victims of violence from Chicago. I don't like him when Obama did it with, with Sandy Hook and them. And I don't like what Trump do it. You manipulate people at their worst time. They pain. And they use them to justify bringing these, these people coming. These people are not military in the traditional sense. I always suggest that if you want to get the crime under control, bring in your reserve or national guard. And usually when I say do that, it's from the people from the area who lives in your area, who's familiar with, with these different neighborhoods. They're not going to take the lead, but they're going to support the police department in a way. If you ask them to come in, you have some say what's going on. But when the president sends them in, he, they get direct orders from the president, and they're going to go in, and they're going to they're going to just do whatever they want. Them. You see what's going on in Portland. You see what they did to the, to the mayor. They didn't care. They didn't care they maced him and stuff. They don't care. And I'm telling you, once they get your hands on you, you're screwed. Because you don't know where they're take, they taking you at. Because, you know, we make a joke in the community. Daddy went to the store to get some bread, and you never saw him again. Well, we all know, if, you know, you're from a major city. We all know what they do. You know, we don't like to talk about it, but we you, you, you pretty much can figure out where I'm going with this field. Oh, 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 no, oh, yeah. You're basically saying you committed suicide somewhere. Exactly. If these- yeah, you're hanging from a tree. But you, you, but he committed suicide. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, that, and I never understood like how black folks continue to allow that narrative to be put out there. When, like you see these young men being hung from trees. No, well, black folks don't do that. We don't do that. And, why, and if you're gonna do it, why would you go outside to, to a tree? Wouldn't you do it in your house? Exactly. See, the problem is, and this and this started thirty. It actually started back in the '60s, but. I think, you know, me and you, we're part of Generation X. And what happened was they perceived Generation X as, as probably more dangerous than the ones that come behind us. Because the ones that come behind us, they don't question too much of anything. You know, they just see whatever's trending. And then our parents who are considered baby boomers or the greatest generation or whatever, they're tired. They're up in age now. So they could put out a story, oh, he committed suicide. We know in the black community, as you said, that's something we just don't do. Matter of fact, we frown upon it in our community. You know, suicide, you know. Not to say that blacks don't commit suicide, but hanging trees in the public the way it is. No, and you could tell even by the images, they were displaying a person's body. It was on display. It was sort of like, this could happen to you. But see, I, the, the brothers and sisters behind us, they got that passion. They're not taking time out to study history and understand what's going on. They're being manipulated. And also, what they keep doing is putting these pastors out here, telling us, we got it, we got it, we know our community. No, you don't. That praying stuff, that marching stuff, that's out of, that's out of date. You hear people in their pocketbooks. That's the only way people in this country are going to respect power. Well, let me ask you a question about, so, you know, I, I feel, this is my, my heart, maybe you could tell me, you know, Chicago, I believe those uh, federal agents showing up in Portland is not going to go the same way when they show up to Chicago. What I mean by that is I think it's, it's not going to go the way they think it's going to go. I'm talking about Trump. Know, you're going, I think I know you're going with that. The, the optics, they're not going to, it's going to be a retaliation by some of these young brothers and sisters. I, and I'm afraid that's going to happen if, if that's what you're going with because 
I was thinking about it and I said, they don't have that filter that you and I got. You know, we know the game. We know, okay, we're going to be a little bit more strategic with it. These kids run out, they want to get in front of the cameras. They want to throw bricks and rocks and be seen on social media. Like, I don't know why any of these young brothers and sisters take cameras and record themselves. I'm like, don't you realize you just told law enforcement who you were? You know, and then you don't think big brothers watching with these satellites, these cameras everywhere, you know, and then I just think with people not liking Trump, they're going to see these these men in these uniforms as representation of Trump and they're going to go out there. They throwing stuff at police officers. These guys coming in, this ain't going to end well. And I hope to God that I'm wrong on this, but usually I'm not on this stuff. Yeah, so. Well, what should you think that the community should do in Chicago? I mean, you know, with, with this coming, because these guys are not only targeting people who are committing crime, but they just they just gonna see like, oh, he black, she black, shoot him. Hmm. Well, right now, all I can do is just say to these young brothers and sisters protesting, they might want to pull back, going jumping these other protests like the Columbus statues and stuff. Focus on what's going on our community economic wise and what's going on with this virus. That's what should, I should be our concern. Getting into this with the uh, migrants and all that stuff, there is, it's, how can I say, it's, um, what am I looking for? It's confusing. It's, mu- it's mucking up everything. And the thing is, they're going to come at us hard. Because if you notice, when we protest, they, they gear up. Everybody else protests, they let them be. You know, and the thing is, is that they're going to come hard on the black community. We always catch it first before anybody else. And we just don't have the numbers or people willing to agree to, to, to on one strategy. What you can do is step back for a while, you know, and see what the other groups do. They don't march. They don't get loud. That means they was using us. And that should teach us something right then and there. It comes um, November. God willing, vote this, this idiot out of office. But but at the same time, you can went to your local officials and say, you know what? Since you guys want government help, why don't you bring the military in to these neighborhoods specifically and go after these terrorists in our community and watch the Democrats and Republicans start stuttering over themselves? Because they know you would have some control, some voice in uh, what's going on. They don't want you to do that. I hope I answered that because it's, it's yeah kinda- yeah yeah no 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 I just wanted your you like say your opinion because I believe if Trump come in there heavy handed and let's say you know the images come out of like black people just being beaten bloody black people I mean looking like basically going back to a uh, Bull Connor days right mm-hmm. I believe that backlash from the outside coming into Chicago is what is going to happen at. you know what I'm saying that in, that the influx of black because you know how we are yeah. we even have a history of seeing those images. And it just does something to us as black people. And you know, you're like, like, oh hell no. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah, they're gonna target black people, period. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? They're not gonna just go after the dudes that's out there shooting. No. See, this generation is different than our parents. And I'm not and I don't want people to think I'm putting down our parents' generation. But when King and them was assassinated, when those riots come, that traumatized a lot of black folk. I don't know if you ever gone to a family cookout or when Obama was in office, you may have had somebody say, ooh, I'm nervous for Obama. And you knew automatically what they meant without even saying it. You know what I mean? Because of the history. And then you have a generation that said, we're not going to do what our parents or grandparents did. Because we said it to a degree. 
But these kids nowadays, they don't have that filter that we had. They said, okay, we're going to lie and we're going to let them know what we, 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 we running things. And then also they have the effect that those who sympathize with us might turn, might turn like Black Lives Matter. All of a sudden, everybody want to be down for Black Lives Matter. But as I said before, last year, y'all was all lives matter. What happened? This pandemic happened. And people saw, took time to look at that George Floyd video and like, wait a minute. Black folks been yelling about this for years. I mean, what happened to George Floyd happened to Eric Gardner. Why now? It just, like I said, it's a perfect storm, brother. And then, what's ha- you know what's happening now? I'm having more white people tell me, like even behind the scenes, you know what? You know, for years, I used to think that black people was kind of exaggerating about the police sometimes. Mm-hmm. They say, but now we see that y'all are telling the truth the whole time because the police, they kicking white people butt. Like in Portland, they kicking white people butt over there. Yeah. They're they not playing. See, and the thing is, what happened was, and white people got to look at their complacency. For years, they gave big business and these politicians and these rich people, they thought they was looking out for them. Because, you know, they said, you f- vote for us, follow us, you're going to be just like us. But slowly but surely, people started to be like, hey, wait a minute. Black folks ain't shut down my jobs. They, black folks don't control the country. Black folks ain't doing this to me. It's you. And now they're going out there protesting and the people in power say, oh, we got to put them in check. We got to stop them before it, it, it starts to spread like wildfires. I know there are people who lean to the right that I know are Republicans. Hey, Harvey, you know what? You, you know, I think you guys are right about Trump or about white supremacy or white privilege. I mean, you be looking dumbfounded like, I never thought this person would say that. At first, you think they're just saying it just to see your reaction. They go into detail and like, wow, they finally get it. Let's see how, let's see how long it lasts, you know? Yeah, well, you know, I believe, Harvey, maybe maybe you could tell me, I believe America is never going to go back to what it was pre-corona. You know how 9-11 was, was a fundamental change in America? I believe this is a fundamental change, too. I think so, too. And I hate to say this. Those who don't want to wear a mask or think that it's not going to affect them, let them be. If they want to get sick and go, drop dead, fine. But I think people going to, business is going to change because, um, you know, companies have learned to do without a full crew. Everybody's doing stuff from home. If you know the news, they're doing new weather reports from home now. Um, I was reading about a month ago, they laid off half the newsroom at the CBS Philly here in Chicago because they know they can get people to do things on the cheap. Um, you know, people are worried about if it's a cure or a treatment, whether they're going to get a shot or not. And it just, I think some people are aware of their mortality. And I think this coronavirus showed some people who are non-black how the government or particular certain people in government feel about them. I mean, look, today is the last day for the extension of um, unemployment, right? Mm-hmm. You think Mitch McConnell, they don't care. And white folks are starting to say, wait a minute, we voted for you. You're going to screw us like this? And, and the jobs are pre- pretty much gone? Now they, they realize that you have to get a nigga moment. You know, and I think they might, they some might start to go towards us, but at the same time, they're not going to give us that whiteness, if you know what I mean. Yeah, well, see, my thing is, is Harvey, is that, yeah, they're arguing about that, that second relief package bill, right? And, and yes, they, they, they could have got it done. They could have mm-hmm. got it done, and, and the payments would have went on through. But this, this is the thing. 
um, uh, they need to really see see what's going on with them right now. Harvey is that that these you know uh, 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 I say Mazungus, which is basically saying white and Swahili. These mm-hmm. these Mazungus, they need to go through this to 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 get a humbling because they're not humble enough. No, right? they're not. They're and, not. And, they, and they and God will humble you. And, and so them taking that six hundred dollars away, let's call it what it is. Let's say like they tell us, but just get a job. Why are you up here crying to the government asking them to give you something? You're being lazy. Get a job. So, Take bootstraps. Make sacrifice. You know. Yeah. And I, and I'm. <laughs> I hate to say this. I, when I watch the news, I start to chuckle. Maybe God forgive me for doing that, but I said this, and now you're going to see how my grandparents felt, my parents felt, or even I felt when I had to struggle. I, like when I was a kid, like most of us, our parents told us we, you, you, you can't get it right now. You learn to do it out and you move on. They used to having a certain way, getting getting certain things or being excused for certain things. And right now, as I said before, they're getting their nigga moment a lot of them. That's why a lot of them join out there protesting because they're not just doing it because of George Floyd and the issues that affect the black community. It's because they catching hell right along with us. And, yeah, and they, yeah, they, man. It is, and also another thing, you, you know, like I said, the mortality, the mortality has been been in their face, and then they really got to see this country is 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 basically. Um, like I say, like the Wizard of Oz, you know, the Wizard of Oz, when you saw him, he was big, grand and huge and scary and all that. Then we, when they found the curtain to get pulled back, he a little pipsqueak. So America mm-hmm. with Corona has been exposed like that, too. Yeah. Like with the Trump, it says Trump been in office um, for years. White people wanted this type of president. They got him. And they realize, oh, he just ain't screwing over the melanated people. He's screwing over the so-called white man, white woman and child. Now, Trump don't care. See, why Trump won't acknowledge this, this virus? Because his election thing. Because he figured, well, you know, if some white people had to die in order for me to vote, yeah, okay, fine. Doesn't matter Republican or Democrat. He's hedging that people are going to be so afraid to go out and vote that he's going to try to get, get back in office by this virus. That's why he never want to talk about it. It's an election thing. Because remember when they first started when, it, when this Corona thing started, they never talked about who had it. Because we knew who had it. It was coming from uh, China, and white folk and Asian people was transmitting more. You know what I mean? Because they travel more than we do. We have jobs as customer service. We're dealing with the public. That's how we call it in higher numbers. But once they realized it was affecting the black community, that's when they started talking pulling out guns and we're not wearing a mask anymore. Because they thought it was going to kill us all off. But that, but that hasn't happened because when they was doing the protest, everybody was like, "Well, these protesters going to spread it." If you notice that none of the protesters are the ones who have spread it, this virus. It's the people who didn't want to wear a mask, who thought it was a, a, a joke, who wanted to open up the country too soon. They don't want to catch it here. Yeah, and, and right and rightfully so, rightfully so. I mean, like I said, my thing is I, I don't like people suffering, but but you know, certain people. You know, like I said, it's, it's 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 full of circles. Look, you know, like, I don't know how you feel about about this this statement I'm about to say. The 400 year curse is up, and ever since the end of that 400 year curse, right, mm-hmm. I've noticed things have changed um, for us as black people. I'm seeing mm-hmm. a, a great progression of us in a short amount of time, and even on the even on the continent as well, they're waking up too. You know, this great awakening is happening that is so quick. Um, 
But I don't know. I don't know how you see it, but that's how I see it. Yeah. Well, I see it to a degree, because, but you've been traveling more than I have lately. And I do agree with you. I think that some of us are starting to wake. The problem is, is that they throw celebrities out in front of us. And that's the problem. You know, you they speak for the community when they shouldn't be speaking for the community. And like you said, the curse, I, I believe karma's coming back to bite a large number of these, these, these people. Because for so many years, they was arrogant. They took pleasure in our pain. Have you go on social media to this day, you got some who are taking pleasure in our pain. But then when they get hurt, where's Reverend Jackson and Reverend Sharpton? But you just cracked on Reverend Jackson and Reverend Sharpton. Why you want them now? That, that, that's it's asinine to me. And then, you know, as of late, you know how they try to make Farrakhan a boogeyman. I'm like, Farrakhan a boogeyman? And he warned white people for years. He said, this is going to come back and get you. And I'm paraphrasing. But he said, don't don't think these things won't touch you. Don't think that the people in power, perceived power, really need you. Because there's a lot of white folk dying from this virus. And now they're getting on TV. I should have listened. I should have believed it. Too late now. You follow a rich dude who's going to get tested every 30 minutes or every other day. You know what I mean? He's protected. His children are protected. His grandchildren are going to be protected. You, they trying to take your health, health benefits away. You know, they, they got hospitals down, down south that could capacity. They're telling people that go home and die. That's cold. And we as a country could have could have mitigated this stuff if we just got off being arrogant and being selfish and mean spirited. But that's just my that's just the way I see it. Well, same thing with the healthcare thing. I've been an advocate of we need like an NHS system or like something like Canada where everybody has health care. I always said I pay a lot of taxes and I'm willing to pay more taxes if if I don't have to worry about people, you know, uh, needing to go see a doctor. You know what I'm saying? And they were, I was reading that the countries that have the health care like that, we don't have to pay anything. Their people are healthier. You know, America, you think would be better to say, hey, we need that because these people can live longer and pay more taxes. You know, you would think they would think that way, but no, they don't. Yeah, that's why when I hear people talk about how great America is and you compare it to these so-called so it's funny how people talk about socialism, but you take the, the social security away or talk about it. Don't take it. Well, that's socialism. Don't take this away. That's socialism. A lot of people don't understand that health care is going to help them and their family. Now, a lot of white people is going back calling it Obamacare. When they got it, they started liking it. And then when it looked like when Trump was about to come in, back in first, that first, his first year in office, everybody got good to their senate and congressman, and they changed tune. And right now, what the administration is trying to do, they try to hop behind the pandemic, but I think it's going to backfire on them. But if it does happen, hey, you guys voted for this guy. You guys still defend this guy. And then the people like Mitch McConnell and them, they got to go. These people are dangerous. See, they they we pay we pay them. And yet they turn around and screw, they always screw the black community over. The white folks are starting to catch hell now. And it's like they Jenny come late and you want to say, we told you so. But they pride getting away and they deflect or pretend like, oh, this just happened or it's, or it's, it's a conspiracy or it's outside force. No, you got a lot of rotten people in this country that sit in government. And then you got people that actually want to do right by people. They get attacked in the media. So, you know, like I said, I, I mean, this may sound cruel, but I don't feel sorry for those people 
who don't don't, don't want to get health care or do right by others. And when they stop having issues, I don't want to see the crocodile tears, you know? Uh, oh, sorry. I thought you heard me. Okay. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, the deal, the deal is, you know, like I said, it's time for their comeuppance. And, and, and like, you know, I, I don't, I just sit back and watch, you know, the show. But what I'm focused on right now is just, you know, they say building. What we building, you know, uh, building in Africa and doing different things that we doing. Like I say, let let them let them have it. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about it. But, um, you know, Harvey, let's say before we wrap this up, let me ask you a question, you know, on the election. Do, do you think Donald Trump going to be a one-term president or you think he'll be re-elected? In my, in, in, a, in a half place in my mind, I think it would be a one-term. But there's a chance that he's going to be re-elected. Why do you think he's going to be re-elected? He's already out there causing dissension racially-wise and saying uh, melting million voting in is, is, uh, is tainted or crooked or whatever. He's doing everything to divide the country. I mean, you got... See, he wants this virus to go on. He know that's going to affect the election as it is. Then he's messed with the post office, defunding the post office, and then uh, he's out there doing the um, the racial thing. And then he he's even said he may not honor the election results. So I mean, and, I mean, look, we didn't think he was going to beat Hillary Clinton. He, he beat her. You know what I mean? Yeah, so but 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 it's a but to this. At the time, Donald Trump wasn't responsible for killing nobody. Now, Donald Trump's failure is responsible for killing over 144, or yeah, I think 144,000 people. Um, it's a it's a it's a different it's a different thing back then to now, you know. And I thought Trump was going to win uh, easily the second time if Corona wouldn't happen. Oh yeah, hands down, oh, yeah. Trump won. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I agree, you on that. It just that the reason why I'm sort of hedging my because this the you know, the Democrats are known to have victory in their grasp and mess it up. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Because I'm going to tell you something. If I was Joe Biden, I would pick a black woman to be run for president. I'm going to tell you why. It would be harder for them to attack her than people say. It will motivate people that normally wouldn't vote and say, oh, wow, he picked a black woman. They mean Biden. Okay, cool. He's more progressive than we thought. Or I know progressive is a negative word for some people. But they say, oh, he's going to take that type of chance. I mean, he can go get a white woman if he wants to and play it safe. But he's going to alienate the black people that's willing to go out there and vote because if black folks don't vote, Trump will win again. And well, we already- he, I guarantee I- you, if he go to Chicago and they go try to do it in, in Chicago, they did in Portland. Oh, that's going to motivate black people too. Well, that's going motiv- to motivate, but see, depending on how the media cover. Because as I said, I know I watch Chicago media. A lot of the stories that y'all get put out there. Boy, it'd be some, it'd be some, it'd be some whoppers. I'm like, that didn't happen. That didn't go down like that. That didn't, and you'd be sitting there screaming. And like I said, a lot of stuff started when Obama was in office. And this is the way, you know, because before they wasn't talking about Chicago like that. They was talking about the way that black and uh, Obama tried to blame him or get uh, black people not to support any of his policies. You know what I mean? So now it's become a standard. You know, like when they say thug, when they say Chicago, they mean black folk. And you know when they if they do send these federal people in here and they start messing up, oh yeah, they're gonna light they're gonna light a fire. They're gonna inspire a bunch of people, but will that catch on across the country? Yeah, and, and the last thing, like I said, real, real quick, um, if Trump if Trump get reelected, the route he going, them Chinese they they on they 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 gonna be on the hit list too. 
Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. See, Trump, see, and people keep forgetting, everybody like Trump, racism is new. Go back to the 1970s. You know, the Central Park Five. I mean, this dude has showed his hatred for, for people for years that are not white identified. And then another thing, and I, I want to say this real quick, Stephen Miller. Now, here it is, last week, everybody's yelling about Nick Cannon, talking about anti-Semitism. Why don't nobody ever call out Stephen Miller? He's Jewish, and he's putting out these policies that Trump, that's the champion. He's the one that's whispering Trump in. He's Jewish, and nobody talks about that. Well, we all we all know why Nick, no, Nick, Nick Cannon got to see why too. I think that's more of a rhetorical question from for me. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. We all we all we all know why. You know. Yeah, I don't want nobody yeah. coming out and saying, "Oh no, they anti Semitic." No, that's not yeah, it. Yeah, no, no. So we all just know why. That's it. You know. know why? You know, like I said, and yeah. I. I taking time i hope i haven't been too wordy or anything man you know nah 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 man you, you know we on the podcast but uh harvey man i i, I definitely thank you for for joining us on the podcast man it was, it was great talking to you tell people how they can get to your um you know youtube channel or if, uh, email anything they need uh to contact well right now if you want to um hear my content you go to your world your view on youtube and eventually i'm gonna try to start a podcast uh, me and Nicole view uh, of Nicole views. We're going to work something out together eventually. You know, we're not being so busy. Cause right now, this virus is really affecting me. I've had some, some funerals. I've been going. Friends and family die from this virus and stuff. So that's why I've been doing a lot of videos as of late. But when you called me, I said I'll be here for you, brother. All right, well, well, brother, we definitely appreciate you coming in and giving us some insight on uh, Chicago. Like I said, I didn't want to do. Um, a podcast, you know, talking about it, and I didn't talk to somebody that definitely, you know, from the area has some insight because, you know, say so we want to definitely give informed information, um, you know. But Harvey, you know, you definitely uh, take care of yourself, take care of your family, duck Rona as much as possible. Um, you know, don't let those Karens cough on you because you know you're trying to cough on everybody. <laughs> I would say the same to you and your family, brother, because uh, like, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. It's- <laughs> I don't talk about this much, but I am nervous about this because so far so good, but it's getting too close to my home now. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's it's you know, like I said, well, man, my my oldest daughter had corona, you know, and, oh and she, God, yeah. she recovered from it, you know, and everything, and she got it working at Walmart. So, like I said, that was, that was my daughter. I know two other people that had it, but Dinis Tamiri, another YouTuber, he had it pretty bad, you know, he oh, recovered. Wow. So well, my sister uh, had it, and uh, she almost died from it. Oh wow. Uh, two cousins. I lost two military friends, uh, uncle behind it, and some acquaintances behind it. And it, it's rough. It is rough when you see people fighting for their lives and stuff. Because, you know, people don't understand when they put you on that respirator, what they got to do to your body and stuff, you basically depend on those machines. And, it's, and you know, once, and everybody doesn't get it the same level. Some people probably had it already, thought it was just a cold. You know, but without proper testing, you have no way of knowing. So I'm praying by the end of this year or beginning of next year they have some type of treatment or virus. But I won't be the first one in line to take the shot. I might be the second group of people. Yeah, I'm gonna let y'all. I'm gonna let all y'all take that shot. And if y'all take it, then it'll protect me. That's how, <laughs> that's how I go with that. I'm I'll let trusting you. people. Yeah. <laughs> now, them, not now that kind of vaccine. They just uh-uh. I'm, people I know who doctors said let that uh-huh. thing be out five years before you take it. So. Yeah, I can understand that too. But if 
if people not gonna wear their masks, man. See, if people wear those masks and do it for like a good three months, this might be able to help it. You know what I mean? But you know, you got people that believe in conspiracy theories. They want to take my rights away. No, I just want to live. You know? Right. Right. But you know, definitely, Harvey. We thank you for joining us, and everyone you know that's listening to the podcast. We definitely thank you for you know uh, joining us here on uh, this special you know broadcast and and you know harvey um you know took the time to join us so we greatly appreciate that brother so you know harvey you know you stay uh safe out there and you know stay blessed you too phil thank you for listening to the phil scott audio experience i hope you learn something from our program make sure if it's your first time here go and check out all the episodes that we have stop binge listening that way you can get acclimated to everything that we're talking about if you like our show and we would greatly appreciate you liking the show support us monthly you can do it as little as a dollar or more support of the show helps us to keep going helps us to change upgrade buy equipment you know eventually we're going to start bringing guests in and we want to make sure we put on a great show for you guys. So support is definitely something that we greatly appreciate. We definitely appreciate all our supporters that we have now. We love you. We cherish you. Thank you for everything that you're doing. See you next time.